You're listening to The Sound of Pursuit. I'm Hal Humphreys. And I'm John Nardizzi. You know, one of the things we like to do here at The Sound of Pursuit is offer um, our listeners and our watchers some useful information. And today we're going to talk about marketing and not specifically sending out mailers and things like that, but kind of a a bigger sense of marketing. Um, you know, John and I have talked uh, a few times about how we each approach uh, getting new clients, but um, I find that having a website with a blog role on it um, and some just frank um, exposition of who I am and what I do and how I work is really useful. Um, John, do you have a website? I do. I've got two websites. I've got my business website and I've got my crime fiction author website. And um, much like you, I think that the the PI website has been instrumental in me attracting the kind of uh, work that I want. And, you know, I, I've had law firms tell me, they say, hey, we saw, we saw that you described this case in a certain way. We can tell you actually have done this kind of work. And, you know, that's the key is I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jack of all trades. I'm really focused on trial lawyers and trial work. Right. And um, so I made a concerted effort to focus. And I think you and I have talked about the, you know, the shotgun versus the the rifle approach to a, to a website. Yeah. One of the things I find about a website for, for, for private investigators, having a good, concise, focused website, um, you know, it's like, it's a way for clients to verify you are who you say you are and to verify that you have some chops. Um, you know, we, we've talked yeah. about websites before, and we've talked about marketing before, and I've had this conversation at conferences and things like that. And one of the folks that I always talk about as having the absolute best business website where they provide real information that is useful is Brian Willingham. And for those of you listening or watching, you're going to be really excited. We have Brian Willingham on the line today. Brian, thanks for being here. <laughs> Surprise. I'm here. <laughs> hey, Brian. Um, Brian, you know, you have gotten a lot of traction out of your website. Um, tell us, tell us what that website means to you and, and, and how it helps your business. Yeah, I, I really consider it my home base. And I think it's really a place where people can see, like you guys mentioned, you know, like a little bit of insight to who you are, what you do. Um, and to the character of you, of who you are. Um, and, you know, I think in, in various ways, you know, people will hire you because they like not only uh, who you are, but what you represent. Um, so it, it allows to have um, a little bit of your personality come out. And I think that's re been really critical for me. You know, I've, you know, there's a certain sense of, you know, I put myself out there uh, writing quite a bit. Um, and there's people that are going to like me and people that don't, uh, luckily there's two people on here that kind of like me and, and, and can have me jo join the show, but you also get clients, you know, as John was saying, people are attracted to you because they like what you're throwing out there. Um, and people that aren't like you aren't going to call you and that's totally fine. <laughs> you know, they can call the next guy. Um, so it's been an extraordinarily important piece of my marketing, uh, overall. And I think part of it is, you know, the people that don't like how you present yourself online and don't like the things you have to say, you don't want to work with them anyway. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's absolutely right. And I think you know, one of the critical pieces too with that is that you know social media has obviously been an extraordinarily important piece of being online and having a presence there as well. Um, but social media changes pretty frequently, and you know the algorithms change, so you, you know you're you're not always going to be at the top of the list. Uh, and some of this stuff sort of disappears, and you know the Twitter is now like a cesspool. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, you always have your sort of home base. You always have your website. You can make it look and say and do whatever you want. The other thing, too, about the website that you don't get through Twitter or Facebook or whatever, especially LinkedIn, I think, is it gives you an example of your writing. And a lot of times, you know, we, we're constantly called upon to generate reports quickly in a succinct way. Um, it's a great way to, to prove that you can do it. So if you're describing your work in a, in a way that resonates with law firms or businesses, they're going to say, hey, the, here, here's an example of how this person's going to write. And I think the one mistake I think some people do is they kind of farm out that part of their website. So it ends up very corporate and generic. And both of you guys, you know, I've looked at both of your sites and I, I have an idea like, OK, these guys are they wrote this like they they know what they're talking about. It's not a jack of all trades kind of site listing every possible task that an investigator could do. It's very focused. So I think that's very important to to handle that part of it yourself. Yeah. And, and, and you know, look, folks, it's 2023. If your website looks like MySpace circa 1994, it's time to update it, right? If you've got a GIF with, with an eagle and a flag waving in the background and you think that's pretty cool, <laughs> maybe spend some time thinking about it. I mean, I, this is not an advertorial, but I will tell you straight up. Um, if you need help with your business website, go to Investigator Marketing and talk to Ruben Roel. He is fantastic. And he knows this business. He was a private investigator for a long time. Um, you know, Brian, I, you've worked with Ruben in the past. What are your thoughts on Ruben's work? I love Ruben. Ruben is, is a great, you know, because he has both sides of, of um, the investigative side and the marketing side. I think he does a really phenomenal job of sort of putting the two sides together. But to sort of um, go off the point you guys were talking about before is that, you know, the website built in this day and age, building trust is just an absolutely critical part of engaging with somebody. I've, I've looked at John's website and Hal's website, and I knew their writing and what they were putting out there way before I even met them. John had only met recently in the last year or so. And I knew who John was. I knew what he was about. And I knew that we would get along. And I had had no problem referring him to on a, a matter that wasn't really directly related to me. And I think, you know, it's one of the things that building of trust, I've gotten referrals from people that I've never met before because of something that I've written, because that builds that trust. Um, and it's such an yeah. important part, especially in today's climate where trust is, is lacking in, yeah. in every sense of the way. Um, it's just an, just an absolutely critical part. I have I have a question yeah. for you. Um, you know, John, I know you, you are a writer as well as a private investigator. Um, Brian, I know you spend a lot of time writing. You write articles for Pursuit. You write stuff for your website. How hard is it to write a good article, Brian? You know, I it it it's not that hard. It's hard and it's not that hard. I mean, first of all, 
the sort of initial steps is hard because putting yourself out there is is not easy. I mean, you you are literally putting your heart and soul into something. You're putting your voice into something, and you get a lot of blowback. You can get blowback. There's going to be people that like it and people that don't. Um, you know, I found my voice after quite some time. Uh, it took me six months or a year uh, to really find my voice, and then I would sort of I was writing a couple times a week at some point. Um, you know, and there's, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, there's an infinite amount of things to sort of write about. There comes a point where you feel like you've written about everything before and you don't want to keep regurgitating things. But, you know, I, I get inspired by, you know, news articles, topics, things like this. Um, tomorrow I'm doing a, a radio show on ethics. Uh, so that will spark some interest and spark some ideas about things to sort of talk about and, you know, just being open and honest about what my thoughts are. And, uh, so, you know, some of it's directly related to marketing and others are related to more sort of nuanced topics. Uh, I find yeah. personally that the, the, the writing process is, is the writing process is difficult. It's hard for me. I have to, I mean, just even carving out the time to sit down and put keys, you know, fingers on the keyboard is the first step. But once I organize my thoughts and put them on paper, a lot of times I will pay someone to edit my work just to make sure that I've covered all the bases. John, you've written books. Do you work with editors? I do. I mean, on, on the fiction side, I absolutely, I, I hire professional editors to to at some point go over those drafts and review. And when I do articles for uh, Pursuit or PI Magazine or other uh, journals out there, Lawyers Weekly, same thing. I mean, I, I need to have an editor in the middle. And, and one of the things that you, I think you guys have touched on is when you write about a topic, it clarifies your own thinking and it clarifies yeah. your understanding. And you realize maybe you've got some gaps things have changed. Sometimes I realize like, oh, you know what? That's that thing that I wrote five years ago. Maybe that's not really current. And it causes me to go back and, and research things. And I think that's one of the greatest things about writing about topics in our industry. And and I think we need to pull the veil back on on some of this because, you know, this yeah, yes, our work is often secret and hidden and maybe uh, it's not intended for public consumption. It goes to a law firm and that kind of thing. But Within the industry, we can only get better as an industry if we're educating each other on this, on these topics. Right. I think that that old sort of format has to pass by the wayside, where everybody's in a little silo, you know, doing things that people aren't really sure if it's even legal or current or good. <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, I know. Do you ever work with editors on stories? Austin. Kim Green is one of the most fantastic editors I've ever worked with, if that's what you're looking for. But she's she's an amazing editor. I, I do a lot of I I am not the best grammarian, so I, I I think I just might have made up a word there. Uh but so I tend to use proofreaders to just sort of do those kind of things. I use Grammarly a lot, which is yeah. a you know online tool, which is fantastic. It just sort of helps to uh, synthesize yeah. sentences better, and it, it's really been pretty amazing. I use it for report writing and 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 other types of writing. I think it's really important for very sensitive topics. I do like to have other people who are not necessarily part of the industry um, to sort of help clarify some some thoughts. So I've written about some sensitive topics and topics that I think might cause some controversy, and I just want to get some other thoughts and ideas on them. So it's it's absolutely critical and just. Booing off John's point there, 
um, the clarification of your thoughts in, in writing. I mean, you, you find it not just in, in marketing, uh, but you're in your investigative reports as well. I mean, like you yeah. do an interview with somebody, writing something is very different than what you have in your mind. Um, and that's sometimes the hardest part, but it, it's absolutely critical to get it right. Um, and, it, and it's just an extremely important um, part of the process. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up Grammarly. Um, and I've been very open about this throughout the years. I'm dyslexic. I have struggles um, with with spelling and reading late in the afternoon. It gets worse throughout the day, the tireder I get. Grammarly, if you're not if you're writing anything for anybody and you're not using Grammarly, I mean, I use it. I've got the, the, the plug in on Chrome. I use it in my emails just to make sure I'm not misspelling words and the commas in the right place, or I don't need a comma there. It's a really useful tool. Yeah. Yeah. And I use I one that's very similar to Grammarly called uh, Pro Writing Aid. It's just a slightly different format and it's more, they focus a little more on fiction writing, but you can, um, there's tabs where you can pull down in terms of the type of writing that you're working on, reports, novels, whatever it is. And nice. it just goes through methodically. Just It will clear up some really basic errors that we all make before you get to a human editor. So it's really, really great, great tool. Yeah, one of the one of the problems that I have is I tend to be a little bit too verbose. And <laughs> one of the things that they help you with is making sentences much more succinct and not adding all these extraneous words that you don't need to have in a sentence, just get, getting straight to the point. And it's something yeah. that I teach when I talk to investigators, instead of adding all these colorful words in just get straight to the point there is no record yeah. there is a record uh and whatever the the point is just get right to it and that yeah. sort of helps you sort of guide you in that direction you know the reason yeah. the reason i started using grammarly and we use grammarly here in the office at pursuit magazine is it also has a plagiarism checker um, mm. and it is not at all uncommon for us to run things through a plagiarism checker and make sure somebody didn't steal stuff from other places. Cause we've been burned with that in the past. Um, <laughs> you know, here's a question, Brian, you spend so much time putting yourself out there and sharing your knowledge and sharing your, your thoughts on the industry and all that stuff. Does anybody ever just steal your work or, or try to glom on to your credibility? All the time. Uh, <laughs> it, it happens quite often. And, and, and frankly, it bothered me a lot more. I would spend a lot of time writing these articles. I was, I don't say I was the first blogger out there in the investigative space, but you know, in, in 2009 and 10, I was one of the first people out there sort of writing about these topics that nobody else was really writing about. And I was gaining a lot of traction, um, because of it. Uh, and people would just heist my articles and post them on their website. And I used to have special software that was looking for these things and constantly trying to find people that were doing these and sending them these nasty like takedown letters. And I just gave up um, because most of their responses were like, hey, that's it's the internet, it's the wild west, we're just gonna steal this stuff. Uh, and, and I think the last one that I really got bothered by is I had this little slogan, um, that I, I create these sort of memes on Instagram and one of them, um, got stolen by another investigative firm and they just sort of took my logo off and I reach out to them. I'm like, Hey, you know, by the way, you stole this from me and you just took off my logo. She's like, yep, that's, that's too bad for you. And it just annoyed me. And I'm like, you know what? It's not. It's not worth it anymore. Uh, and I had a recent situation where 
you know, somebody used my name and likeness and wasn't, I'd never given them approval to do it. So it happens, you know, I, you know, I try not to, I'm try, as I get older, you want to focus more energy on the more positive things and things that you can control and things you can really get, really worry about and not the things that you can't control. Um, but there was a time where it did really bug me quite a bit. Yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, uh, my first novel telegraph Hill is on a Russian website for free in case anybody wants to download, I've tried to get it taken down. Um, you know, there's sort of a running joke in the crime fiction business that if you're not being pirated, you're not any good. So, uh, what you know you you can't you have no control over these sites they're in eastern europe and whatever they're going to be a lot of people's books are free on there and you just have to live with it in terms of professional heisting or stealing of ideas you know I, like brian said it it's frustrating i just look at it like those th those people will hit their own level i mean if they're going to be stealing stuff off my website or things that i've sent around i'm sure they're not really doing high grade work and people will catch up with them and uh you know, make their way to some better, better investigators in the long run. Here's, here's, here's what I'll say about this. And we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up after this. Um, you know, we spend an inordinate amount of time soliciting, working with writers, writing, putting together the stuff for pursuit magazine. Um, and it's on the internet. There is a URL that people can link to, um, if someone asks us if they can link to our article, we're almost always like, yes, totally fine. Give credit to the first publication and whoever wrote the article. We don't really care about that, but be careful out there when you're looking for information about the private investigations field. Um, look for people who are doing original things. Um, if you run across somebody that claims to be an expert and, and an industry leader and they just created a link farm, they're not really providing anything that you can't get on your own. And we're investigators, right? We know how to find things. So look for, and I, I know I'm bragging about pursuit because we own it, but also I'm proud of it. I think it's a really good resource. It's original content that we have worked hard to create and, and gather and assemble and, and kind of um, curate to provide the investigative field with really good information. Brian, I, I think you do the same thing. Yeah, I'm, listen, I spent tons of time and thousands of hours, hundreds and thousands, maybe thousands of hours putting together all these uh, thoughts and ideas and the idea that somebody can just take them and, and use them as their own. Uh, again, like what, what John said, I mean, those people are going to have it, what goes around comes around. There's a bit of karma there that that is going to come around to them. And, you know, if they are an investigator trying to sell or proffer their services as some you know, high-end investigative firm that does all this work, it's eventually going to come back around to them. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's too bad that it happens, but you gotta it. it is what it is. All right. So, um, I'm going to give my takeaway and then we'll get y'all's takeaways. Takeaway from how, if you want to use a website to market yourself, spend some time bearing your soul, let people know who you are. Um, you know, let them know your personality um and 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 have a nice clean um easy to access website that's my takeaways john yeah i i would say focus on that on writing that website to the best of your abilities get some some editing some help and don't try to be everything to everybody that's the best advice that i ever got 
you know, focus on the thing that, you, that you're good at, that you want to do. I know when I hire subcontractors around the country, I'm not looking for a generic website where I see a list of 42, you know, separate investigative tasks that that person can do. Cause I don't really know out of that 42, which one is really their, their, uh, best area. So I'm looking for focused people. If somebody's doing surveillance, I want to see that on the website. If they do witness interviews, background research, OSINT, if I see that clearly, I'm like, that's the, I'm going with this person. So. Brian, takeaway. I'm going to go in a little different direction here. I I think the website has been one of the most um, important pieces of my business growth um, and personal growth. And, and, and I cannot um, say anything you know, it, it's been absolutely extraordinarily important. But more importantly, from a marketing perspective, is doing really good work. And it doesn't matter how good of a website you have and what kind of materials you put on there and you do 52 services or you do one really good. And I think all those are absolutely incredible points. Um, but you have to do great work for your clients and you gotta keep doing it over and over again. And that's how you win in the end. I love that's it. right. I love it. Okay, yep. Brian, thank you for being here. John, always good to see you. Um, for, Great to see you, gentlemen. For John Nardizzi and Brian Willingham, I'm Hal Humphreys, and that is The Sound of Pursuit. Big thanks to OREB Private Investigator Liability Insurance and investigatormarketing.com.